Listen, all you New Yorkers. Hello. I hope no one's eating dinner. Something like that. What's up, everybody? It's 10 o'clock on Monday night, which means it's time for the next best thing. Dear Jesus. I'm your host, Jonathan B. Lerner, and I'll be with you for the next two hours. Well, get ready. Don't go anywhere. We have a great, 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 great show lined up for you tonight. I can't even contain myself. But before we get to any of that, we'd like to kick the show off by doing what we always do, and that is review all of the great and the not-so-great things that have happened on... This Day in History. Today is May 29th, and on this day in history, in 1790, Rhode Island became the last of the original 13 colonies to ratify the U.S. Constitution. On this day in 1848, Wisconsin became the 30th state to join these United States. On this very day in 1910, an airplane raced a train from Albany, New York to New York City. The airplane won and the pilot got $10,000. On this day in 1912, 15 women were dismissed from their jobs at the Curtis Publishing Company in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for dancing the turkey trot while on the job. Oh my God, those slutty bitches. On this day in 1916, the official flag of the President of the United States was adopted and recently desecrated. On this day in 1922, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that organized baseball was a sport, not subject to antitrust laws. Okay. On this day in 1953, Edmund Hillary and Sherpa Tenzing Norgay became the first men to reach the top of Mount Everest. On this day in 1962, John Buck O'Neill became the first black coach in Major League Baseball when he accepted a job with the Chicago Cubs. I had the honor of meeting Buck O'Neill and he truly was a hero. On this very day in 1973, Tom Bradley was elected the first black mayor of Los Angeles. On this day in 1978, in the United States, postage stamps went from being 13 cents to 15 cents. 15 cents. Oh, those were the days. On this day in 1990, Boris Yeltsin was elected president of the Russian Republic by the Russian Parliament. Hmm, that was the first and last good Russian president. On this day. In 2015, the Obama administration removed Cuba from the U.S. terrorism blacklist. The two countries had severed diplomatic relations in January of 1961. That's what happened on this day in history. And who knows, perhaps we'll make history right here tonight on Radio Free Brooklyn and be studied for years to come. But who are we kidding? Probably not. You're listening to The Next Best Thing. Stay tuned. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Holy sweet mother of God, it is 10 o'clock on a Monday night, so you know what that means. Is it time for your favorite show ever? No, but it is time for the next best thing. I'm your host, Jonathan B. Lerner, keeping you company every Monday night from 10 until midnight right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Can you hear me? One second. Testing. One, two, three. Are we on? Great. Anywho, it's been a week. It's been a busy week. It's been a crazy week. I feel like I say that every week because I feel like that's true every week. Before we get into what's going on in the news, what's going on in the world, let's do the housekeeping that we always have to take care of. Let's just get it out of the way right off the top. If at any point throughout the broadcast you hear an item you would like to discuss or feel there's a tidbit that you could contribute to the show, by all means, feel free to call in. The call-in number is 718-928-9732. Again, that's 718-928-9RFB-9732. Or if you don't want to be heard on the air because you're a little bashful, no problem, you can tweet at us. We are at Next Best Radio. That's at Next Best Radio. Or go ahead and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. A lot of stuff gets posted on our Facebook page, stuff that we talk about in any given episode, information, links to pertinent sites, all that stuff usually goes up on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash NBT radio. Also, if you're really feeling like you want to go all out and write more than 140 characters, more than something you'd feel comfortable posting on a Facebook wall, you can always feel free to send us an email. We are at nextbestthing at radiofreebrooklyn.org. And lastly, we do ask you to remember that we are fully listener and producer supported. If you like what you hear on Radio Free Brooklyn, if you like what you hear tonight, please consider going to our website, going to this show's page, and donating a little something-something to keep us in business. If you like what you hear tonight, well, a donation could ensure that you will get to hear more next week and the weeks after that. Uh, If you feel so inclined, you can go to rfb.nyc slash nbt. Again, that's rfb.nyc slash nbt. And the last thing I'll tell you before we get on to the important cool stuff is that all episodes of The Next Best Thing are now available on iTunes as podcasts. Holy crap, that is huge news. It actually happened weeks ago, but every time I say it, I just get a little excited because it's huge. If you ever miss an episode of The Next Best Thing, which, come on, let's be honest, you miss most of them, uh, you can go to the iTunes store or check the podcast app on your iPhone. Just type in The Next Best Thing, click on our logo, which I trust you know, and there you will find literally all of the past episodes. You'll see the title so you can pick and choose which ones pique your interest or which ones just simply sound the most bearable. Listen to those, and if you have a few minutes... Rate us, review us, tell a friend, tell a relative, tell an enemy. Do whatever you got to do to spread the word because the word of mouth is how we grow. Oh, man, that was exhausting, wasn't it? It was for me. I'm sure it was for you, too. So that's all the housekeeping I can think of right now. If I've forgotten anything. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Good. I hope everyone's had a fantastic week. It has been remarkable. It's been a home run. A total home run. Wherever I've been, it's been a home run. Donald Trump. We're really not going to talk a lot about Donald Trump tonight. I know. Dry your eyes. 
dry your eyes. Tonight is going to be kind of a sporty show because, and I have to, I'm kind of muting myself here because our guest tonight, he's a really busy guy. He's a, I mean, he's got so many gigs. He works at WFAN, the sports radio station of New York City. Yes, there's more than one, but not really because people only care and listen to WFAN, the fan. Uh, he works there. He works for MLB Advanced Media. He works for CBS Radio and other capacities. His name is John Jastrzemski. John Jastrzemski. He was going to be joining us tonight. I'm not sure if he's still going to be able to. You see, the plan was, folks, he's working for MLB Advanced Media as we speak. I believe he's calling the um, Texas Rangers game. Texas Rangers are playing the Tampa Bay Rays. The game started at 8.05. He was going to call into the show around 11. That's a solid three hours. The average MLB game lasts about two hours and 54 minutes. So even if he was running a little late, it would be fine. The problem is, and this can happen with baseball, as we know, and as we certainly are finding out tonight, that game is moving at a snail's pace. It is currently the bottom of the fifth inning. So think about that. If the game started around 8, it's now 10-11. That's over two hours, and we're only not even through five innings. That means I can't imagine we'll get through the next four innings before 11. So John Jastrzemski might not be able to make it onto the show tonight. But either way, we'll, we're going to work this out. If he has to come on next week or another time, we'll work it out. But don't worry. John Jastrzemski will be on the next best thing at some point. But either way, tonight we're going to start out... I don't want to talk about Trump anymore. I'm really actually pretty sick of it. So I'd rather talk about that actually. What I just said reminded me of that scene in Beetlejuice where they're sitting at dinner and she's like, I don't want to talk about that. I would rather talk about. You know what I'm talking about. All right, uh, let's do something else. This is the next best thing. Don't go. Okay, folks, moving into our main story for the night, it has to do with the game of baseball. Yes, uh, this is something, I don't know if any of you watch HBO, and if you watch HBO, I don't know if you watch Real Sports, but Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel is a great show. It's like a 60 Minutes type investigative reporting on anything and everything sports related. Very cool, especially if you like sports. I was very... Very happy to see a couple of months ago that they did a segment on something that has been driving me crazy for at least three or four years now. Something that I thought maybe I was alone in caring about, but I'm very happy to see I'm not. What is it? The latest skirmish in the never-ending battle between tradition and the future. It's a conflict that is often waged in baseball, the oldest of America's major sports. In recent years, the game's purists have bemoaned the encroachment of futuristic technology on the national pastime and raised against the idea of taking the human element out of the game. Since nowhere is that element more central than in the calling of balls and strikes by a home plate umpire, the very idea of replacing them is sacrilegious to some fans. That possibility is looming. Okay, what is he talking about? Well, if you ever watch a Major League Baseball game then you should probably remember every time you see someone up to bat, with every pitch, you see a little digital box. And once a pitch is thrown, you see either a green dot or a red dot. What that's doing 
is that's showing you whether or not the pitch was within the strike zone. So basically, it is showing you whether or not a pitch was a ball or a strike. But for some insane reason, what you see on that screen, what everyone in the world is able to see, has absolutely no relationship to what the umpire calls. What? No! It is insane. It is truly insane. And people can act like, you know, no big deal. It's one or two blown calls a game. It doesn't affect the game, and that's how it's always been. Well, here's the thing. It does affect the game. I've seen it affect games. And let me tell you, I watched it affect a game tonight. In fact, I'm looking at it right now because, as I just said, there are so many ways that they've made it available for us, fans, broadcasters, anyone in the world is able to see whether pitches are balls and strikes. As you can tell, I'm not, I don't have a baseball game on right now. You can't hear it. I'm not, it's not on a screen. All I have is a baseball game pulled up on my phone through the MLB at bat app. And I can see right here whether or not pitches are balls and strikes thrown in Kansas City, thrown in Texas, thrown in Queens. Who knows? It doesn't matter. I have access to this info, but the goddamn umpire doesn't. Does that make any sense to you? Because it doesn't make any sense to me. It drove Burns crazy as a player, he says. Burns. Who is Burns? Well, he means Eric Burns. Eric Burns was a former Major League Baseball player, and now he's an analyst on the MLB Network. It makes him even crazier today. I watch more baseball now than I ever watched when I play. And I constantly, on a nightly basis, watch games that are affected by blown calls. The 3-2 pitch with two outs. Rodriguez goes. It's outside. Ball four. No, did they call it strike three? You have got to be kidding me. Yeah. Yeah. That happens all the goddamn time. And, you know, there was a long while when I thought people are probably right. One or two missed calls, especially when it's coming to whether or not a pitch is a ball or a strike. Yeah, it probably doesn't have that much of an effect on the game. I'm over that because that's not true. In addition to seeing whether or not a ball is a, I mean, whether a pitch is a ball or a strike through these technological means we can also see whether or not it makes a difference and when i watch these games i can't tell you how many times i have seen a long at bat take place great competitive at bat and suddenly the counts like let's say the count is two and two two balls two strikes and the guy keeps fouling it off fouling it off fouling it off well then i will see a pitch thrown that is so clearly literally i'm not just saying it looked this way we can see it it is so clearly within the strike zone that they don't swing at but that gets called a ball so now it should have been strike 3 but now it's three balls two strikes and then on the next pitch the motherfucker the goddamn guy gets a base hit drives in some runs And who knows, that team probably takes the lead. That's an example of a bad call affecting a game. They do affect games. Of course, complaining about balls and strikes is nothing new in the game of baseball. It's been going on throughout the history of the game. But for all that time, it was just one man's opinion against another's. Not anymore. Because now, high-tech cameras are in use in every major league ballpark, capable of mapping the precise path of every pitch in real time. And there's one that was outside, but it's strike three called to finish him off. Which means that today, everyone watching a game, from broadcasters to TV viewers to fans watching online, 
can see for sure whether a pitch actually hits the strike zone or misses it. See that ball had a good piece of the bottom of the strike zone. Lance Barrett called it a ball. Everyone, that is, but the guy who gets to decide. Now, does that make any goddamn sense at all? No. This, to me, seems like such a non-issue. I mean, this technology is not being developed. It is here. We have it. We've had it for years. It is amazing. It is highly accurate. And it is available. MLB has it. How do we know that? Because they put it on their TV broadcasts. They put it on their at-bat apps. They put it on their website. They are using it. For everything but the one thing that I think it should probably be used for, and that's calling balls and strikes in the goddamn games. Texas at Anaheim. Boom. MLB.com app will tell me exactly whether or not every single pitch is a ball or a strike. So here we are, 3,000 miles away from Anaheim, and I have this information like that. And the person who's responsible for making the call doesn't have that same information? So you're saying the guy at home, the fan in the stands, the, guy the guys home, in the have, dugout? John, they have it on the TV. We see the boxes. Why, does, why do millions of people at home sitting there watching on TV get to know whether or not it's a ball or a strike? Yet the poor dude behind home plate is the one left in the dark? That's bullshit. It is bullshit. And you know what's even crazier? No, not a clue. And I've said, God, you know, if you check my Twitter feed, you will see that I tweet about maybe three things. One is this show, very rarely. Another is the Royals, the Kansas City Royals, whether they're doing horribly or doing well. And the third is this issue, because I watch a lot of games and I'm always following along on the at-bat app. If I'm listening to it on the radio, I'm following along on the app. If I'm watching the TV, I'm still following along on the app, because I find the MLB at-bat app has the most accurate and most uh, obvious and visible representation of the strike zone. So if I'm watching a game on TV and I see a pitch thrown that I think is right down the middle but gets called a ball, I'll look at my phone and I'll see, was it in the strike zone or not? If it wasn't, I think, okay, good call. This is not a matter of opinion. That's, my, that's why I get so amped about this because it's not he said, she said, he thought it was a ball. I thought it was a strike. This is their representation of the strike zone. I don't, I don't know why. Wasn't this made to make calls accurate? But it seems like they're doing anything but using it for that. I, I just don't understand it. And also, and this is my biggest question, if they're not going to use it for the home plate umpires, then why the hell are they showing it to us? Because all that does, all that does to the home plate umpire is expose every single missed call he makes, which I can't imagine is fun for him. But you'd be surprised. Nobody hates the idea of using this technology in games more than umpires. Again, what the fuck? Until his retirement in 2010, Jerry Crawford was an umpire in the major leagues. Could you ever see a situation where you might want technology? Never. It's, it's ridiculous. But progress is a good thing, isn't it? I'm not in the game of baseball. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Truly. Progress is a good thing, right? Not in the game of baseball. 
you've just lost your credibility and no one should take you seriously after saying something like that. Look, I get it. No one likes change. Change is hard. But you know what? People get over it. And after a what? A day? A year? A week? Who knows? After a certain amount of time, they'll get used to it and they will move on. Let me tell you, folks. I remember being in college when Facebook came out with this new thing called Newsfeed. Everyone in the entire world seemed to hate the shit out of Newsfeed. It caused riots. I mean, people were so pissed off about this new weird thing that they didn't recognize and therefore didn't like. Was a, I mean, it was like the backlash was unbelievable. Well, fast forward to today, and people live off their goddamn news feeds, and if they were to go away, they would riot. People don't like change. People get used to change. And then eventually, I promise you, people appreciate change. Why do you think the empire can't be replaced? Traditions make the game of baseball. You, you bring your kids to the game to watch the players, the managers, the umpires, to eat hot dogs. That's what you do. It's all about traditions. I understand that sentimentality. I am not a cold-hearted prick. I, I, like, I do like tradition. I like sentimentality. I love going to a Major League Baseball game on a summer afternoon, and I've gone with friends of mine who couldn't care less about baseball, and they enjoy it just as much as I do because it's a fun summer outing. However, when it comes to the actual competitive nature of it, and when it comes to the goal it is not about hot dogs, and it sure as hell isn't about seeing the managers and umpires. What? You, you bring your kids to the game to watch the players, the managers. No. The umpires. No. Eat hot dogs. That's what you do. It's all about traditions. You could not be more wrong. Thank you, Mr. Francesa. It is not about managers. No one cares about umpires. That's the key problem here. The umpires do think it's about them. It isn't. And frankly, you're becoming villains. I get that what you guys do is not easy. I totally get that. That's why I don't understand why anyone would not want this. I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. And you know what I don't understand way more than this? The weird, the weird objections they have to it. The weird, like, total, absolute refusal to even listen to Listen to anyone talk about the possibility of using this. It's really kind of, it makes them look stupid. It makes them look out of touch. Do you need an example? Former umpire Jerry Crawford says he doesn't trust the math or the technology, which he says is no match for guys like him. These guys have gotten so good, so good. At calling balls and strike. You got guys that are not missing any pitches. You think there are guys calling perfect games? Yes, they're calling perfect games. No, there aren't. Frankly, that would have been a stupid thing to say in 1974 when no one was even thinking about this kind of technology. But to say it now when literally anyone watching can see all of the blown calls is just, again, something that makes me think, why are we talking to you? I'm sorry, sir. I respect your... You know, you're an elder, and God love you. But if you are this closed off to progress, then we don't need you. We don't need you. Here are the facts. We went to Yale University. Professor Toby Moskowitz agreed to analyze every pitch called by Major League umpires over the last three and a half years. About a million in all. 
Major League Baseball claims that its umpires get nearly 97% of the calls right. But Professor Moskowitz found that since 2013, the umpires are actually only about 88% accurate, that they get one out of every eight calls wrong, piling up more than 30,000 mistakes a year. 30,000. To be totally honest with you, when I first heard that, first of all, when I heard that MLB says they're 97% accurate, I thought MLB is a liar because I don't think there's a chance in hell that MLB really thinks that that their home plate umpires are accurate 97% of the time. That was my first thought. Then when I heard the report and the study actually show that they were accurate 88% of the time, honestly, having followed along pitch by pitch for the last like three years, I thought 88% sounds too high. They miss a lot of calls. Regardless, it adds up to 30,000 mistakes per year, which is a lot, a lot. 30,000. And that's including the easy calls. The many pitches that go right down the middle or way off the plate that scarcely require a decision. What's he mean by that? Well, he means what he just said. A lot of the calls that they miss are on the outer parts of the strike zone, hard to see with the naked eye, understandable. But a lot of the calls they miss are totally and utterly inexplicable. I've seen pitches thrown truly right down the middle. I don't know if they just were blinking or if they aren't sure or if they had a stroke, but for some reason they call it a ball. It doesn't make any sense, and it's not acceptable. It's really not fair either. When the pitchers are anywhere near the border of the strike zone, Moskowitz found that they miss at an even higher rate, much higher. So what's he mean by that? He means that that 88% accuracy Well, that's in general. That's overall. That's calling people safe at first base. That's calling balls and strikes, balls that are way outside the strike zone that are so obvious. When it gets to be close calls, they're way worse. You could think of this region as really the the region where the umpires make their money. I mean, this is where the expertise really matters. Or their lack of expertise. Two inches in each direction, all the way around the border of the strike zone. In a typical game... About 32 pitches get thrown in this region that the umpire will have to rule on. In that area, they get it wrong 31.7% of the time. Just That is a lot. I'm sorry. That is a lot. Say it again. 7% of the time. Excuse me. Say it again so people can understand you. They get it wrong 31.7% of the time. Just a little under one out of every three calls in that zone, they get wrong. And frankly, here's why it also makes me so angry. Because the best pitchers throw in those areas. That's what makes them great pitchers. They have great accuracy, they have great command, and they can throw on the outside corner or the inside corner, or they can throw on the very edge of a strike zone. My philosophy, and it means nothing because obviously I have no say in the matter, but I always feel like if I see 50% of the ball makes touches the strike zone, it should be called a strike. Now, I understand that maybe other people might believe that it should be three-fourths of the ball, whatever. But the point is, the best pitchers throw there. And what we're hearing now is that most of the time, not most of the time, but often, 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 those calls are missed. So what does that do to the great pitchers? It really punishes them, which is, again, total insanity.
Now, when I think about it, I say to myself, maybe that's not so surprising. They're, they're judging something that happens lightning quick. It just shows you the limitations of what humans can do. But even after we expanded our test area further to include pitches that were even more obviously balls or strikes, the umpires still didn't fare well. Three inches on any side of the strike zone. What did you find there? The error rate goes from 31.7% down to 25.9%, but it's still pretty high. Greater than 25% of the time, with even a wider zone to make a mistake. That's right. That's a pretty big error rate. Yeah, it is. And frankly, I don't know. I don't understand how anyone could think this is like no big deal. I mean, watch your favorite team play in the playoffs and lose because of a, a blown call. And then you tell me this doesn't matter. And by the way, it's, uh, there's more to it than just missing, you know, not being able to see it very well. To make matters even worse, Moskowitz found that the umpires aren't just missing calls. They're doing so in a biased way. In an average game, they make eight more mistakes in favor of the home team than they do favoring the visiting team. Eight more a game. Do they want to see the home team win? No, they're, they're professionals. They want to be unbiased, but it's hard to be unbiased as, as a human. They've got to make that judgment in a split second. And what they're hearing is 50,000 fans who are quite sure the way that should go, which is it should be a ball, not a strike. It's something we call in psychology social influence. Just hours after this interview ended, the professor's favorite team, the Cubs, won their game when the ump sent home the winning run on what was actually a strike. The pitch. Sending the home crowd into a frenzy. Now, let me tell you something. I, I've made this very clear. My favorite baseball team is the Kansas City Royals. My favorite football team is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, for most of my life, in fact, I would, I mean, the vast majority of my life, the Kansas City Royals were just got awful. And hey, we're back to that point again. But for two or three years there, they got really good. And in 2014, they were in the playoffs. They made it all the way to the World Series. In 2015, they won the World Series. So I saw a lot of playoff games in the past three years. And I tell you, folks, and this is, I still can't believe this. I thought, surely, because by the time I watched my first playoff game, I had seen a lot of bad calls. And I thought, surely, they only get the best of the best of the best of the best for the playoffs. I thought there would not be nearly as many egregiously missed calls in the playoffs. Wrong! I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong, and it was outrageous. And it's not just regular season games that are being altered. In the decisive Game 7 of the 2011 World Series, the data shows that the home plate umpire missed 14 calls in favor of the home team, the Cardinals. 14 against only three for the visiting Rangers. 3-2 pitch. Outside to make it 4-2. A bases loaded walk. Right on the edge. Guess who won? The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Mm-hmm. Guess who won? Uh, I have to say this. There's been a lot of talk recently about making some changes in Major League Baseball. In fact, they have made a lot of changes recently in Major League Baseball. They've added instant replay review. They've changed. They just this season alone, they in they're implementing a new rule where intentional walks pitchers don't have to throw the ball. If you want to walk a guy, you just say intentional walk and he goes to first base. So they are putting in new rules. 
there is talk about, and they're trying this out in the minor leagues, there's talk about if a game goes into extra innings, just automatically putting a runner on second base, I guess in an attempt to speed the game up and not, I don't know, speed the game up. Horrible stuff. Horrible. They're looking at crazy shit like that that no one wants and no one would accept. But something like this is taboo. Something like this is unspeakable. This doesn't make any goddamn sense. This doesn't make any goddamn sense. If there were no other alternative, you would say, well, this is the best humans can do and that's what we got to live with. But if you care about getting it right, there's an alternative that's so much better. And so available. But you know what? As it turns out, I guess a lot of umpires don't care. They don't care about getting it right. They care more about their goddamn egos, which, hello, you're an umpire. You shouldn't have an ego. I'm sorry. You're not there to be a star. You are there to be, you know, call balls and strikes. But they don't see it that way. The machine does get things wrong. And the umpires are doing an absolutely tremendous job. No, they aren't. Uh, umpiring balls and strikes. I don't care what the guy from Yale's looked at, to be honest with you. It's not even feasible. He's absolutely incorrect. And therein lies the problem. That's like a guy denying climate change. That's like a person, it's like the fake news thing. How do you have an argument with someone? It's like, how do you debate whether or not Michael Jordan is better than LeBron James if you can't agree that they both played basketball? Now, reasonable people can disagree about whether or not Michael Jordan was more pivotal and a better basketball player than LeBron James, but you can't have an argument, you can't have a conversation if one person inexplicably insists that LeBron James plays golf. That's what this is. We've entered the realm of crazy. We've entered the realm of crazy. Major League Baseball, however, appears to disagree. He disagrees with that umpire. Major League Baseball doesn't think that umpires are perfect, doesn't even think they're that great. Why is that? How do we know that? The league has not only installed this technology in every park, but for the last several years has actually been using it to try to tutor their own umpires. Yes, after every game, umpires are shown exactly where each pitch really was, so they can review what they got right and what they got wrong. At least, that's what the league thinks is happening. About 20 minutes after the game was over, there would be a knock on the door. There would be a guy standing there. He'd have a disc. He'd say, umpire Crawford. I'd say me. He'd hand me the disc. And you would usually do what? I uh, threw it in the trash. Are you telling me you never sat down and used it as a learning tool to improve the way you called the game? No, I didn't. I never did. Great. Great, but MLB won't talk about using the goddamn technology. They are using the technology. It's the umpires who are not willing to use it. So, okay, so that's when someone needs to take some leadership, commissioner. That's when someone needs to step in and say, this is not that debate. This is not that controversial. I'm sorry. This is about your weird pride. You would feel embarrassed or something. Well, they get over it, and they need to get over it because it should be about getting calls right. I don't, I'm, ugh, this is crazy to me. This is so crazy to me. Ryan Zander oversees the technology, which Sport Vision calls Pitch FX. 
He says that while you do need a human to oversee the program, PitchFX is easy to use and accurate to within half an inch. Much more accurate than humans, obviously. And here's where uh, you get into some shaky ground because I used to, under the argument that made the most sense to me and that I kind of did think was worthy of having some pause about this was people were like, you know what? If nothing else, this is not necessarily a good thing to implement because it would take jobs away from umpires. You know, a lot of guys make their careers being umpires, and if there's no home plate ump, then, you know, that's a huge chunk of the industry that you're eliminating. Okay, well, here's the thing. You'd still need a home plate umpire. This this thing is just showing you whether or not it's a ball or strike. You still need someone to call it. You still need someone to be there for plays at the plate. You still need someone there facilitating the game. You'd still need a home plate umpire. This is not a valid argument. It's not a valid argument. But even with the computers calling a game, a home plate ump is still needed to decide who's safe at home. Yeah, I just said that. And of course, to call balls and strikes once someone else tells him what to say. Strike one. Strike two. Here's the thing. This is inevitable. This is going to happen. I think it should have happened five years ago. And I don't know when it is going to happen, but I can tell you this, it will happen. So why don't we just stop delaying the inevitable and make games more accurately called today? I don't get it. What's the problem? As I told you, they're trying out some new stupid rules, like putting a person on second base automatically in the minor leagues. Well, they've also tried this in the minor leagues. And guess what? People liked it. If, if a big league manager came to you or an executive from Major League Baseball came to you and said, what do you think? Should we implement this? What would you say? Right now, today, I, I'd, say, I'd say do it for a full season and see what happens. That was a minor league manager, and that was about the most diplomatic way of saying yes he could have given because he knows that people are nervous to talk about something like this because people hate change. Oh, God, they don't like a change. We wanted to ask Major League Baseball how it would feel about such a change. Strike one. As well as what they think of the rates of umpire error we found and why the league is willing to stop games, often for minutes on end, to correct the rare missed call on the base pass. What a great job on that replay to overturn it. While they allow, on average, more than a dozen mistakes at home every game, which could have been gotten right in real time. And he had a legitimate gripe. That ball was outside. But the league wouldn't talk to us, nor would any of the league's players, not one of whom agreed to speak on the record. Because they're scared to. I mean, if their commissioner won't talk about this issue, they're afraid they will get in trouble or they will be kind of frowned upon if they do. I get it. I get that. But that's why it's up to the commissioner to take some leadership. That's his job. That's the point of having a commissioner. So, you know what? It's time to enter the 21st century. They used to not hit with batting helmets. They used to not let Latin or African Americans play baseball. They used to travel on trains. The world's evolving. It happens. Well... They aren't letting it, and a lot of people, like that umpire we heard, just think it's unthinkable. And you know who else thinks it's unthinkable, and I find this really unfortunate because I like him a lot? The host of this show, Brian Gumbel, very well-respected journalist and television host and presenter and all that stuff, 
smart guy, great guy. He is so wrong on this issue, I, I almost can't even believe it. I love baseball. So you, so you know how much I hated this story. I, I hate this story. I really do. I love, I'll, I'll, let me put it real simple. When charm and tradition are two of baseball's best assets, why would you want to get rid of them? You are stupid. If you're going to tell me the important thing is to get it right, I'm going to say, no, that's not true. The important thing is to preserve the integrity of the game. That doesn't make sense. But why is, it, why is the integrity of the game compromised because you use umpires to get the calls correct? Some would argue that the integrity of the game is protected because that way. Because the game is about accomplishments and mistakes and overcoming the latter when it's needed. That's bullshit. Is there any legit reason to think the public wants to see this? Yes! Damn straight. The public wants to see their teams, you know, they want to see their team treated fairly. Both sides. I don't, you know, all teams want that. And all fans should want that. And all coaches, managers, players, and people should want that. I don't know why this is a big deal, goddammit. All right. Well, that's how I feel about it. How do you feel about it? If you have an opinion, you know what to do. Call in 718-928-9732. Tweet at us, Next Best Radio. We are at Next Best Radio. Comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash NBT Radio. Or, of course, send us an email, nextbestthing at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We do ask you to remember that we are fully listener and producer supported. If you like what you hear tonight, well, a donation could ensure that you will get to hear more next week and the weeks after that. Uh, if you feel so inclined, you can go to rfb.nyc slash nbt. Again, that's rfb.nyc slash nbt. Congratulations to the Kansas City Royals winning the World Series under the leadership of General Manager Dayton Moore. Mets put up a good fight with the Royals with a better team. They put the bat on the ball. They put it in play. They strike out less than anybody in Major League Baseball. They run the bases. They play small ball. They manufacture runs. And then they go out and they do the things, fundamentally speaking, that you need to do in order to win. That's why the Kansas City Royals are the champions. Two outs, two on. The best reliever in the American League against who's probably going to be the most valuable player of the American League. Round ball third. Moustakis has got it to first. Royals win it. Royals win the series. What a finish. It's unbelievable what those boys did. It's unbelievable what they did. It's unbelievable what they did! I played on the 85 World Championship team, and I've followed these guys in spring training forever. But after watching them play the last two years, I want to congratulate them for two things. Winning the World Series in 2015 and becoming the greatest team in Kansas City Royal history. These guys are the best team ever! This group grew up together. 
This group won championships in AA. This group won championships in AAA. And what they wanted most was to come to this city for you fans and win a world championship for you guys. We celebrate that here today. Mayor James hit it just on the head. Kansas City's the greatest town in the world. They've got the best fans in the world, and now you have the best team in the world. Thank you for all your support. We love you. Way to go, Kansas City. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for believing in us. This is all for you. Thank you so much.